Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Still to come, Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer Games and a cool announcement from him, Mitchell. But before yes. that, in less than 48 hours, depending when you're listening to this show, it bum, could be less bum, bum. or after. It may have happened. Yeah. Uh, you don't know. You'll this is what I love about the listen. tech world and announcements and stuff like that is that <laughs> there are cycles of the information and stuff like that. When it comes to Apple stuff, really, they do kind of do stuff once a quarter. But their right. second quarter really is WWDC. It's about what they're going to announce software-wise. And if we have the kahunas enough, we'll actually install that on our phone and let it break it. Um, I might have a backup phone this year to play with. We'll see. <laughs> what are you expecting? I mean, we talked about the rumors of some kind of Apple Glass, of some kind of augmented reality glasses. Yes. Rumors are they showcased it to the board, which would mean... And we kind of talked about this a while back that that my thoughts were that Apple will showcase at least start talking about it a little bit more publicly to get people and get developers a little bit more hyped to design stuff for it even before it releases. And they did this with the Mac Pro. They showcased it before they announced a release date. So I think that we could be in a situation, if it is true, that they showed something to the board where we do see a new product like this from Apple. I think we're going to be hearkening back, and you mentioned it, to the Mac Pro and the uh, actually the original iPhone, we saw like, you know, eight month to a year uh, gap, which App- Apple stopped doing a long time ago. But when it comes to this, I think they just want to show the proof of concept more than anything else. They want to show that the glasses exist and they want to give the tease for when they might come out, which would be probably holiday of 2023 from everything we're hearing, uh, that they won't be ready for mass production and to be released to the consumer until, you know, holiday 2023. That's what we're hearing now. But yes, I think that there's a very good chance that we are going to see these glasses in some form. Uh, maybe not with a full demo, but with a slight demo and then maybe a tech demo of what they could do in the future. So I'm looking forward to that because I can't wait to see what Apple does in the AR space. I'm actually more excited by augmented reality than I am by virtual reality. And for people that are listening that don't know the difference, and that's totally cool because they are two different concepts. Not everyone knows. Virtual reality is, you know, the glasses that totally cover your eyes and basically immerse you in a completely digital world all on its own. Augmented reality glasses actually are transparent or have cameras that let you see the world around you overlaying virtual on top of that. Why, wow, that was a really elegant description, wasn't it? That was quite good. So, yeah, so I'm really I'm really excited by the possibilities of augmented reality, which is the one where I said, like I said, where you see the world around you as well with a digital overlay because of the potential augmented reality has in so many areas, Mark, not just entertainment, but in teaching. Imagine, you know, medical schools having these augmented reality glasses to to see the human body overlaid on top of an actual human body. See where I mean, just the potential for these things are, are incredible. You know, virtual teaching, uh, virtual travel, being able to see things. Uh, you know, there's so many there are so many possibilities. So I'm excited by that. Oh, uh, let's get away. Let's get past what I'm. You know, we'll we'll come back in a second to what I think may happen to what we pretty sure will happen. We're pretty sure that we're going to see the new MacBook Air. Uh, the new uh, MacBook really? Air. Really? I don't possibly- think so. I, I I think we're going to see some some reveal of the M2 chip in some form. Now, here's the thing. WWDC is classically, just so we can make it clear to everyone, a software event. Classically, it's about Mac OS, you know, iOS, tvOS, uh, iPad OS, or so many OSs, it's ridiculous. So, uh, so typically, that's what we're here. To, that's what they're there to talk about. But there have been hardware reveals in the past. I'm hoping we see new Apple TV, although I'm not expecting it. I'd love to see a redesign of a smaller, better, faster Apple TV. Uh, I would love to see some reveal, and I'm hoping we receive some reveal, of the M2, the latest version, the new generation of Apple Silicon. I would love to see that because that would mean that an M2 Mac, you know, 
Mac Mini Pro will be on the way soon, which is what I'm really waiting for. Um, I do think we will see some reveal of the M2 chip in some device, Mark. If you don't think it's the MacBook Air, is there another computer that we could see it revealed in? Probably not. What are you thinking? Because to me, on the hardware side, possibly the glasses as a, as a quick tease for next year, an M2 chip reveal of some kind, and what was the third thing that I said I thought was good? Maybe hopefully an Apple TV. But aside from that, I don't see any real hardware reveals. What do you think? I, I listen, definitely software. That's not even a question. I think oh, we're going to see yeah. that. I think All the OSs are going to be, yeah. I'm I, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll see some form of, of, of augmented reality glasses. Okay, yeah. We, we, we agree I wouldn't that, necessarily right? have agreed or thought that would be the case if it wasn't for this most recent rumor about the board. And if right. it wasn't for the fact that Google just demonstrated some augmented reality glasses of their own in action when talking about their software at Google I.O. They didn't give us details about the hardware. I think Apple, this is the time, if it's ready, for Apple to start talking about that to get people excited for it right. and to get developers into it. I think that's yep. there. That's true. I agree that this is a showcase and this is an opportunity to talk about the power of software with Apple's processors. The M2 is going to be that entry-level next-generation processor destined for, I think, as you said, the MacBook Air. I don't think we're going to see software hardware there. I don't think we're going to see a MacBook Air piece of hardware. I think they're going to talk about the chips and the architecture and the things that it'll be able to do. I think if there's any other piece of hardware that they're going to tease upon, it's going to be what is happening or what is going to happen now with the Mac Pro. Because the Mac Pro still, right now, is still an Intel-based machine in a traditional computer tower that can be rack mounted that if the Mac Studio is any indication of what a pro device would be is going to be a bohemiously powerful monster that is capable of external devices external graphics cards etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. and i think that is this is the best place and time for them to talk about that and always has been so i think that's what we might see here we might they might talk about the M2 in terms of what it's going to be and what it's going to bring to the Mac Pro, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll talk about, they'll say that it's coming to devices, but they're not going to talk about, I don't think they're going to talk about a Mac Air, MacBook Air. That's I think we're going to see that probably come in an announcement somewhere around the September, October time range, like before right. or after an iPhone, Correct. when they talk about a new MacBook Air alongside um, M2 powered MacBook Pros. Okay, well, you, you just brought up something very interesting, okay? There are only two devices now in the Apple lineup, two computers in the Apple lineup that run Intel chips, and that is the uh, the Mac Mini. Yep. Okay, and that is the higher-end Mac Mini we're talking about, not the base M1 Mac Mini. Correct. Okay, that is the higher-end Intel-based Mac and uh, the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro. Correct. Those are the only two right now that are Intel-based. So they have to, in order to keep to their timeline, exactly. they have to, by the end of this year, get rid of all have of models. If, they, if they're going to stick to that timeline, they can always say, hey, we're waiting to give you something even better and you know make it like it's something good for us. Um, but those are the only two devices, those are the only two computers in their lineup that are missing uh, a Mac-based processor. So I think, it, I, think you, I think you might have nailed it, Mark. We don't have to necessarily see hardware for them to reveal the chip itself which would actually be a really smart move because it wouldn't be making any 
any, revealing anything they don't want to reveal too soon because Apple has gotten very good at doing these micro events. Instead of these big macro events, you know, a few times a year where they show all their things, they do these little you know, micro events that show individual products, you know, yeah. or even sometimes they do a soft reveal of like, hey, we just updated the uh, the new MacBook Air to this, that. But I think the new MacBook Air is going to be a physical difference as well as a processor difference. So we're going to see a different, a redesign of the MacBook Air, probably getting even thinner and smaller if that's possible. So I don't know. Now, don't know. There's, so, yeah. there's one other category that I think, and we talk about this every year, okay. as a, I hope we're going to see this, but we never do. But I think we may be at a point in time where this may be closer to reality than we think. And that is some kind of iPad variations to their pro software lineup. And that oh, being like that doing being a Final Cut Pro, for Final iPad? Cut Pro, Logic, oh. et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reason I think that is because we're now on, on Apple's platform pretty much across the board, minus those two exceptions. Right. I think that developing this software is now pretty even keel in terms of who it's going to be used for. It's just a matter of minor, minorly tweaking it to make it run on an iPad. That being said, they also recently announced that Swift Playgrounds, which is their kind of tool to help people learn how to code for iPad and iOS, is is available on every... You can actually develop iPhone apps now on an iPad. You can oh, wow. develop iPad apps on an iPad. So that was kind of like the tease into... By the way, we're going to start making these tools available, I think. And I know that we always want it, and, and really there's a small minority that really want this, but I think we're getting to the point in time where you have to find a way to just make it happen. And, and, I, and I know that Apple has been probably worried about cannibalizing their lineup by giving the iPad the power to do things that people could only do on their laptop before, which would mean cannibalizing their sales. But that's not a worry anymore because Apple has already put the same M1 processor in the iPad Pro that exists in most of their computers right now. The power and the chip are the same in the iPad Pro that are in many of the Apple computers right now anyway. So if they're worried about cannibalizing in terms of a powerful machine, they've already gone past that because they've already equipped the iPad Pro with a processor that's as powerful as their desktop and laptop. So why not give us the power to do what we want, how we want? I know, you know, Apple does that to an extent, but they've always had that walled garden and you will do it. You will do what you want as we see fit, which is a funny thing to think of. You'll do what you want as we as we let you. But I mean, come on, they've already given us the power. Now just give us the software to play with, right? Now, now here's my, my other little caveat here, which is I think that it doesn't have to be a full-fledged, 100% pro version of the software. No, it could be Even Final if Cut it's Pro a, Lite. It yes. could be a companion app that allows you to open your projects, make minor changes, re-render something out, do something while on the go without having to carry your laptop with you. Dip their I toes think that's in all, the water. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think that's yeah. all people really want. We don't want all the plugins and all that stuff necessarily that goes along with it in the bloat. It's just the ability to open a project that we're working on, do some small changes, make some minute details, and send it back to somebody. So maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't see that only a couple days away before we figure that out. Well, it is Apple's now. Worldwide Developers Conference. Again, the keynote at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the 6th of June, depending on when you're listening to this show. It may have happened already, Mitchell. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mark Aflalo in Montreal. When we come back, Jamie Stegmeyer is on deck from Stonemeyer Games. He's got a pretty cool announcement for us, so do stick around. It is your tech report. Oh, don't forget to email us. Contact at yourtechreport.com and follow all our social media at your at tech your report. Tech report. Back in a moment. Your tech report will be right back. 
Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.